0: This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Gordon Damer Show.
1: I've heard a lot of with the Giants. Well, if they had just won the Bills game, you know, they're not that far off from being 4-4. Four and four. They're not that far off from being 0-8. The two wins they got went right down to the wire and they pulled them out of the fire at the last second so i would simply ask giant fans this if i could give you one of two scenarios i could either allow you to win some games this year the rest of the way one scenario is you go eight and nine and you squeak into the nfc playoffs as the number seven seed. i'll give you that that's one option or the second option is second pick in the draft what would you rather have
0: this is the Gordon Damer show.
1: The season is not to salvage a. On
0: 98.7 ESPN.
1: First hour, we're singing, we're dancing, we're laughing, we're learning. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York laughing, learning, crying will come in the, uh, probably in the third hour. Probably in the third hour. It's where it all falls apart. But we still got two big hours to go. One 919 ESPN is the telephone number. Let's bang out some of these phone calls here before we uh, turn our attention to the Knicks. Uh, let's go out to. Uh, let's go to. Uh, let's see here. Lou is in Wayne. Lou, what's going on?
2: Hey Gordon, what's going on? Good morning. Um, so ever since the Arizona game, when they come, when they came back and won, we lost Saquon and everything. Mm-hmm. When I saw them actually go down and practically make that comeback in in the past. All I said was, this is a bad idea to do. It was certainly in the season, but we just got our butts kicked from Cowboys, and I forgot who else we versed in the beginning. Then we went to verse the Arizona Cardinals, were projected to be the worst team in the NFL. So when I saw that score, I think in the third, or right by, I think, second, second half, I think just started. When I saw that they were down, I... Specifically said to to my brother that was next to me, we have to go for a draft pick. We have pieces in in certain places, but it's not. Um, how can I say? It's not a complete roster. Defense is okay. We need a couple pieces on defense, so on and so forth. But as you can see, they blossom late. But the offense um, blossoms around Andrew Thomas and the O line, um, and it seems like they just lost a whole. Like their community the communication is just terrible as of right now, and the only th- and the thing I'm also worried about is if Tyrod Taylor could play behind a, like a really bad O line, what can Daniel Jones do behind that O line then? What 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 happened within this year and next year? If let's say Thomas is you know healthy and all, but the right side uh, Neil and everything is having issues, and other and other O lines are having issues, then God the uh, just Justin, you know, got signed and everything. He kind of uh, picked up the O line and everything, so that's good. So, hopefully, if you know, Neil comes back pre- pretty good, and Andrew Thomas comes back, you know, healthy and ready to go, at least the O line could be situated. But at the same time, we still need another piece. And talking about oh, the second, the the second,
1: starting. It, it, Look, Lou, uh, and, and th- Lou th- thanks for the phone call. The offensive line is a complete, uh, outside of left tackle, feels like it's, it's nowhere close to being complete. Uh, it feels like a complete redo. And, and Evan Neal, like we've heard this week that Andrew Thomas is coming back and, and Evan Neal's coming back. I think, all right, so, so what you're saying is good news, bad news. Uh, because Evan Neal, it's too early to judge, but that's the best thing you can say about Evan Neal is that it's too early to judge. <laughs> that's how, how bad that pick looks right now never mind all the other stuff that happened earlier in the year with the comments about the burger flippers and stuff. Uh, let's go to uh, Brian. Is ocean Oceanside? Brian, go, my man.
3: Good morning, Gordon. Uh, a lot of energy this morning. You helped me uh, wake up a little bit. Uh, I just wanted to talk. Uh, last week was our gift with all the karma going on with the Jets, uh, how Jets fans have been for the last God knows how long and with Aaron Rodgers. That was our gift that we got back. Uh, last week, the Giants gave it to us, and we're not going to get any more. So, this offense needs to wake up. It's going to be very difficult with our third string center. makai has got to play a little bit better or a lot better than he did last week, and uh, we're not going to be getting any more gifts from any other team. So, this offense needs to wake up. I know they're there to make makeshift offensive line, um, but we're, we're not going to get any more gifts, and we need to start playing some offensive football.
1: Well, a good thing, Brian, and thanks for the phone call, is that you get uh, the gift of the Chargers, uh, and the Chargers are a team that, on paper, always looks good, but just never seems to live up to the hype, and this year, uh, I-, I thought that after the disaster of last year's playoffs, that they were going to come out, and they-, they they bring in the new offensive coordinator, the things were going to click. No, same old Chargers. The names change, but and the Jets always seem to beat the Chargers, so... Uh, they beat him in the playoffs with Rex Ryan. It, it, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like. Uh, now look, could they be dangerous? Yes, but your defense—if your defense is special—they should be able to make enough plays. Justin Herbert is not flawless, and to me, he is—he's uh, he, like an NFL catfish. He looks really good from afar, but then when you when you get up close, uh, and the Jets will be able to get up close with them this week on Monday night. Uh, I think that they'll be able to make enough plays. And I would say on the flip side, their defense, which is supposedly the area of expertise of their head coach, their defense has been a disaster. So all your concerns about offensive line and and making plays and and the passing game and and getting some space for Brees Hall, I'm not telling you that they're going to break out, but I think that they'll be enough plays to be made there offensively for the Jets. Uh, let's go. Lonnie is in Harlem this morning. Lonnie, what's going on? Well, he's he's in Harlem all the time, but he's there right now making the phone call. Lonnie, what's going on, my friend?
4: Good morning, Uncle G. How you doing, sir? Harvey and uh, what's up, Joe Leo? Shout out to the company. Shout out Downtown TV. Now, I really only really called him because obviously you was talking about the Giants, but I had to, you know, I, I had to speak to Harvey because the man literally just told the world he was going to go to Red Lobsters and Chili's on his 28th birthday, like, Let's take the ladder here, Harvey. As I just told you, let's go to more, you know, a nice little more expensive restaurant. And then I had to call in and talk to you because then, after he says that, you offer the man a waffle maker, and then you basically tell him to buy the his own waffle.
1: Well, maker. Well, like, I, I don't know the next time so. I'm going to see him. I don't. I don't get to stores very often. So if it's a if it's a need, he seems to really like waffles. You know,
4: he so, could always kind of so do this what, himself. So what you do is you get his address, you right. purchase the waffle maker off Amazon, and you send uh-huh. it to his house. Oh, Gucci! Stop it! Wow. Now let's talk about these giants. Now, He's to like me, honestly, <clears throat> I just hope that they go out there. First of all, let's hope Danny Doms could get through the whole game. Uh, you know, dealing with his whole neck injury and stuff like that, because we don't need to have no do- uh, no throwing the ball. Uh, uh, veto back in the game. And honestly, you know, it's funny. I like Tyra Taylor, but I've seen that injury coming. Like, it's just – you know it's going to happen. Like, oh, uh, uh, what is it, a, a dead clock is right twice a day? Well, you know he's going to get injured regardless of the fact. But like I said, you know, I just hope that, you know, seeing how the Raiders literally just basically massacre their whole team, the GM, the coach, the quarterback, everybody, this is the best opportunity for the Giants to actually go out and get a win, you know, if they're going to uh, – do that again this year because you know obviously the schedule gets a little softer from here on in but we don't know what our line is going to be we don't know what our quarterback play is going to be and right now honestly if they lose this game to you know tomorrow to be honest with you uncle g it's just going to be every i'm gonna leave the games on i gonna be watching them because i'm a giant fan i believe blue and all of that but it'll really just be background noise to me at this point because this is not a team you should lose to now i'm not saying you know if we want to i guess uh you know move things along as far as the whole quarterback situation or whatever, you know, how that whole thing is going, you know, as far as the drive, obviously we need to use the T word is tank. I don't like using that, but that's what we technically need to do. But, you know, right now we kind of need to find out if Dayball is actually going to be the coach because to me, I feel like he was based off last year, but to lose a game to the Raiders, like, you know, like I just said, them literally massacring basically a whole team, like, that's just not going to look good on his resume. So I just, you know, hopefully, like I said, they go out, they win, uh, they do it in, in style because style points do usually count. Um, and that's really all I really had to call in to say. Right, Thank I, you for taking my call.
1: I appreciate the phone call. I, I would, I would dispute the fact that this is uh, a patsy. Now the Raiders are not a good team, and they fired all, no, but it's almost like they riled them up now, and they're they're free from the shackles of, of Josh McDaniels who. <laughs> There's a there's a lot of things that fluctuate from week to week, from year to year in the NFL. Players' hatred for Josh McDaniels, that seems pretty consistent. Like, it, now it's been in two different spots. Um, so I, it almost feels like the Giants' odds of winning the game would have been better if things would have just been left alone for another week. But the fact that they fired, now they got Antonio Pierce and everybody's all riled up and ready to go. I, for, for Giant fans, I'm hoping that that's the case, that somehow the, the Raiders are able to go out there and get a win and hand you another loss because in the long run, I get it, in the short term, it is going to look bad. It'll look bad on Dable. It'll look bad on the organization. People will be uh, contacting John Mara in the media to get a quote for this and that. In the long run, though, it's better off. Ahmad is in uh, Queens. Ahmad, next up on The Gordon Dammer Show.
4: Good morning,
2: Gordon. It's Ahmed. But, uh, uh, I'm Ahmed, I'm sorry. Gordon I was was apologize. It's all right. I wanted to give a shout-out to three unsung heroes of the coaching staff for the Jets real quick. Okay. The first one's uh, Brian Boyer, the special teams coach. Yep. They won special basically the game, Buffalo great. game in overtime. The yep. punter and Sterling's been making field goals, and he's been saving us. The second one is the offensive line coach, Keith Carter. Listen, he's got to make sure flying. He's probably going to get a big raise if we make the playoffs this year with that whole line. And the third gentleman is Marquand Emanuel. He's the secondary coach. And I guess the Eagles, we thought we were dead to rights, missing our top three corners. And you know what? They shut down that amazing offense. Okay, I just wanted to give a shout-out to those three That's
1: coaches. Fair. Absolutely. To me, they're special. All right. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Ahmad. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, uh, look, the, the coaching staff has done a nice job. They've 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 gotten you back from the brink with the way that the season has started. But it doesn't end here. And as I said last week, the Jets' biggest obstacle is optimism. It's not an opponent, per se. It's not, it's not the Chargers this week. It wasn't the Giants last week. The biggest danger for the Jets is optimism. When things start looking like you look at, hey, you know what? This, this is pretty good. That's when the other shoe drops. So that was the case last week against the Giants, and it felt like to to a certain degree, maybe they did take the Giants a little a little lightly. Now they were able to salvage that game. They can't take teams lightly. They can't they will not face a worse offense the rest of the year than than the Giants were last week. Well, hopefully we won't see an offense that bad for the rest of our lives, but that's another point for another day. The Jets have to avoid the, the obstacle of optimism. Don't get too high. Don't get too pumped up. Just stay the course and go out there and win this game and win the next game, get to 6-3. and three. And if you do that, I think almost certainly the Jets are going to make the playoffs this year.
0: Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: I've held it back. I'm like uh, Toby Maguire holding the train back on that Spider-Man movie. We've got to talk about the Knicks. We've got to get to it, people. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Knicks go out last night, their first in-season tournament game against the Bucs. They fought valiantly, actually had a lead for a short while late in the game after basically trailing the entire game. And they lose 110 to 105, I think the final was. Jalen brunson was absolutely brilliant, put the team on his back, finished with, uh, I think, 45 or whatever it was. But, of course, that's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about other things. And I have done, before the show today, I got up early, and I made some phone calls in regards to the Knicks. I spoke to some people. And and from that, I have learned through those conversations One important fact that I I need to relate to you. This is not like a Woj bomb, but it's the closest that I can do. And it's this. The Knicks have not been eliminated from the playoffs yet. I I know this is going to come as a surprise to some of you. At two and four, they have not been eliminated from the... I need Knicks fans to hear this. The Knicks have not yet been eliminated from the playoffs. Good for me. the way some of you are reacting, it's as if the Knicks have been eliminated from the playoffs. And I went back and I did a little research. This year, they're two and four. Everybody's panicking. Last year, they started three and four. The first year under Tibbs, they finished two and three. And uh, I think they were eight and 11 that year at one point. So... Sometimes it could be, and and conversely, the year they didn't make the playoffs under Tibbs, they started five and one. So maybe the best thing to have happen is is a bit of an uneven start, and that's what it's been. It's been an uneven start, and and most of the uh, the focus clearly is focused in one area, and it's always focused in this area, and it's with Julius Randle. Julius Randle has looked like a shell of his former self, but I would like to point out, as bad as he has been this year people are making it out like this is what Randall is. This Randall is not that Randall. To make it out like the version of Randall that we have seen this year is in some ways uh, the, the, the version that we usually get with him, there is something wrong with him right now. I, either he's hurt or his recovery is way behind the, the, the process that it should be. He looks like he's moving in quicksand and he's not doing anything well. He can't finish around the basket, which is a key for him. He's been hesitant to shoot. His decision-making, which I thought was a real plus last year, getting the ball out of his hands quicker than it had been. Uh, he's been slow to make decisions. He's missing free throws. His defense is uh, non-committal. So it's bad. I'm not going to try and, and, and make it out like it's not bad. But you have to assume at some point that this is going to get turned around and the Knicks got to figure that out I don't know what the issue is but I know there's an issue this Randall that I'm watching now is not the the bad version of Randall I've seen at other times yes he's missed shots he's he's been uh lackluster on defense at times he misses free but it's not been like this I I mean he's been one of the worst players in the sport so far this year and even if you have criticisms legit criticisms of Julius Randall In his good years with the Knicks, that has not been the case. And even in his bad, even in in year one, in year three, he didn't look like this. This is a a whole new level of bad. So if you're one of the Knicks fans out there, oh, they got to get this guy off the team. They got to trade Randall. Okay. Knicks fans, you're a lot sometimes. They're not going to be able to... They couldn't get anything of value when he's been an all-NBA guy. You think now they're going to be able to trade him? So stop pretending... That there's an easy solution. We just got to get this guy out of it. That's not going to happen. And again, the Knicks have not been eliminated from the playoffs. Important to keep in mind. Important to keep in mind. The other thing that I wanted to bring up, it was a cut that uh, from Brian Windhorst. That's my cue to Harvey to get that cut ready. There was a cut from Brian Windhorst talking about The Knicks, I guess, pursuit of a superstar and Donovan Mitchell, and they didn't view him. So let's hear from Brian Windhorse on what the Knicks are looking for when they're going to be making the big trade that we've been anticipating, it seems like, for years, even before Leon Rose got here.
5: I don't think he falls very high and that's why he's not a Nick. and I think Scott Perry who's our new colleague here at ESPN but he gave an interview last week on a podcast where he basically said what we've all suspected which is that the Knicks when they were talking to the Jazz didn't see Donovan as that sort of singular force to use his word he said if he was a singular force in Utah they would have been in the conference finals he probably wouldn't have been available I'm not sure that the Knicks see Donovan as that type of player you know This uh, just recently Bradley Beal gave an interview to our uh, Mark Spears at Anscape where he talked about how the Knicks were on his list of teams that he would waive his no trade clause for but the Knicks really didn't engage because I don't think the Knicks see Bradley Beal as that type of player. The guy that I think the Knicks are, are going for the type of player is a guy like Joel Embiid that type of MVP level player.
1: Okay, so I kind of laid that out poorly, but he's talking about the Knicks' pursuit of Donovan Mitchell and why they didn't go all in on Donovan Mitchell because they don't see him as a true superstar and the Knicks are saving their assets essentially for what they view as a true superstar like a Joel Embiid. Okay, the problem with that is at some point you have to find somebody you can actually get I understand they don't view Donovan Mitchell as a superstar because he's not a superstar. There's like eight superstars in the NBA, and it's no insult to, uh, to, to Donovan Mitchell to say he's not a, a superstar because there's not that many of those guys. But your package of assets is not worthy of a, of a, of a real superstar. The Knicks are almost like trying to date out of their league. Their package does not bring in that kind of, 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 of top-flight talent. At some point, you got to shoot your shot with something you have an actual chance of, of shooting. So it's great to say, well, I'm only going to date supermodels. Maybe start with models. Maybe, maybe go that route. Because there are no supermodels available. Even, like, even if it were to be Joel Embiid, he's got his own red flags. And ordinarily, this wouldn't be a a real issue, but the assets that the Knicks have acquired here that everybody's been talking about for for forever, since Leon Rose got here, four of those first-round picks are this year. The Evan Fournier contract expires after this year. So the assets that they have have a time limit. It's not right now, but it's soon. So if you're a Knicks fan sitting say, all right, what superstar are they going to get? It always seems that there's very, A, there's nobody available. And B, there's really gotten not going to be anybody available with the assets the Knicks have put together. So at some point you have to see somebody who you can actually get. It's great to hold out hope for the, for the highest ceiling. But if you're never going to reach that ceiling, well, what's the point of that being the target? one 800 espn is the telephone number. Let's get a couple calls in here. Jose is in Brooklyn. Jose, what's going on?
6: Hey, good morning, Gordon. Shout out to the company. And happy birthday, Harvey. Just wanted to, you know, chime in on the Nick thing. Because it, it, I was watching the game yesterday. And it, it, it does become a bit of a problem. Because now, I'm not saying that this is how bad Randall has. This is the Randall we've always seen. Because... This is an all-time bad. Like, you know, my good friend Spike said that, like, he looks like he's done. And that, to me, is very concerning. And I know that the, you know, that he did have, you know, quotation mark surgery because uh, cause there, there 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 are different degrees of surgery. But it looks like it it, it is hampering him to a point where he's looking this bad. And my concern with it is the evolution of Tibbs as a coach. It doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. And we're looking like a team that, even though we're not eliminated from the playoffs, we're not going to be that top three or top four team in the Eastern Conference. We're going to be trying to avoid making the play-in and kind of being in the same scenarios last year, hoping we get the right matchup. But if that right matchup doesn't come and we lose in a five, six-game series in the first round, we know that that's not going to bode well for Chips and it's not going to bode well for, you know, this team, this team. So I, I don't know, you know, there there is there is some trepidation. I understand it's the beginning, but it is kind of getting concerning because we know how this story does work. We'll, 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 um, play out as Knicks fan, Gordon. So that's kind of where the concern, All uh, right, Jose.
1: The concern is. Thank I hear you. Th- and thanks for the phone call. Look, Randall's 28. Uh, I-, I find it hard to believe that, what, six games into the season now we can ascertain that he's done as a player. He- he's He's had a really rough start to the year. He's been one of the least efficient players so far. And he does not look like the same guy. I will grant you that. He scored 25 points a game last year. I will think that at some point he is going to get, if it's, if it's an injury that he's dealing with or the recovery from the surgery in the offseason, I'm not sure. But he, he cannot look like this for the entire season. I find that hard to believe. Um, the other thing you said about, uh, oh, if they get into the play-in, it's not going to bode well for Tibbs. As long as the Knicks don't bottom out, as long as they're not missing the playoffs like they did in, in year two by s- missing the play-in by six games, Tibbs is fine. If the Knicks have anything where they're getting into the play-in or getting into the playoffs, that is not where they're – they're not looking to make any changes that way. The only changes they'll make are the ones that they are forced to make. Now, if it gets bad and and the Knicks are a lottery team, maybe then they have to make that choice because Tibbs' contract doesn't have too much longer to go. But in terms of making major changes after this season, if they don't – uh, progress from where they were last year. The Knicks would be fine with that. The Knicks would be fine, I think, even having a similar season to last year where they make the playoffs. Even if they were to lose a first round playoff series, I, I don't think that they're expecting to take some some monumental leap forward. So that the 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 goal this year or the mandate this year is reaching the third seed in the Eastern Conference. I don't see it.
0: Now back to The Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: It's impossible. I'm just getting warmed up. Full of hijinks. And look, I'm not your friend, so I'm not your friend, I'm your enemy. And educational. You sound like you're a moron.
0: It's what I learned on TikTok, starring Gordon Damer.
1: Oh, my friends, welcome back. It is the Gordon Dammer Show. It is 98.7 FM. It's a little late, but you know what time it is. On a Saturday, I, as a 52-year-old man, spend way too much time every single week on that TikTok app. And it's because I learn such interesting, but yet completely useless information. So what we do is give it a little chance for the guys working on the show to shine, give them some air time, and I present it to them. I give them four pieces of information, three of which completely made up, just made them up out of uh, the clear blue sky. Uh, But one of them, one of the pieces of information is actually true and is actually something I learned this week on TikTok. So Joe and Harvey are our participants once again this week, coming off a rough week a week ago. But who is batting lead off today? Is it the birthday boy? Sure, why not? I'll take it All right, here we go, Harvey. I like this one for you. Ready? Okay, here we go. Number one. Oh, all right. Number one. Sorry. We out there? Yeah, I'm I'm ready to go. Number one. Michael Jackson had once planned to build a 50-foot-tall robot to wander the Las Vegas desert as a way to promote his Las Vegas residency. Number two. The American Morticians Association hold yearly awards for the best work in funeral makeup called the Grimmies. Number three, Charles Richter of Richter scale fame is largely responsible for why American grade schoolers learn to square dance. Or number four, the singer Bjork is permanently banned from Disney. A lot of tongue twisters there. No, sign, I need more coffee. Number one, Michael Jackson once planned to build a 50-foot-tall robot to wander the Las Vegas desert as a way to promote his Las Vegas residency. Number two, the American Morticians Association holds yearly awards for the best work in funeral makeup called the Grimmies. Number three, Charles Richter of Richter scale fame is largely responsible for why American grade schoolers learn to square dance. Or number four, the singer Bjork permanently banned from disney before we get to it are you guys old enough to have learned to square dance in school or was that gone by the time you guys went through school
7: that was way gone okay way too gone
1: really boy that's that's sad i absolutely learned how to square dance in school i didn't learn anything much like the other subjects in school but i digress all right harvey what do you got my friend
8: Oof, i'm gonna go with the
1: grammys The Grimmies.
8: Give me the Grimmies. All
1: right. The American Morticians Association hold yearly awards for the best work in funeral makeup. No, my God. That's that's macabre. Imagine putting up big things at dead... Oh, wow. He really did a nice job there with that one. Guy was in an auto accident. Lost his head. All right. So, no, that's not true. So, now you're down to three. Michael Jackson, Charles Richter, or Bjork?
8: Give me Mr. Richter,
1: Mr. Richter, Charles Richter of Richter scale fame, largely responsible for why American grade schoolers, I guess at one time, learned to square dance. No, that's also wrong.
6: That is incorrect.
1: So now you're down to two, either Michael Jackson or Bjork. Michael Jackson once planned to build a 50 foot tall robot to wander the Las Vegas desert or the singer Bjork is permanently banned from Disney.
8: I'm not sure what you could do to be permanently banned from Disney. Disney. Uh-huh. A 50-foot robot, too. Gosh, these are so dumb. Um, I'm going to go with Bjork. Bjork.
1: Permanently banned from Disney. Come on, Bjork. No, that is incorrect. The birthday boy is 0 for 3. No, that fact actually had to do with Grace Jones, the singer Grace Jones. She is permanently banned from Disney. She uh, took off her top at something in Disney. What's wrong with that? Well, that's not exactly the Disney brand. Yeah, sure. But yeah, Michael Jackson actually wanted to build a 50-foot-tall robot to just walk around in the desert as a way to promote... We can't do like a billboard truck or something, Michael. It's got to be a 50-foot-tall robot. There's no fact about Michael Jackson. I feel like you could make it seem too ridiculous. But I digress. All right, Joe, you're next up. Uh, You're four for today, Joe. Ready?
7: Ready. All right.
1: It's not your birthday, so you've not gotten nearly the airtime of Harvey today. How's everything going? All right?
7: Everything's going good.
1: Uh, okay, number one, famed mystery author Agatha Christie was an avid surfer and is believed to be the first Western woman to stand up on a surfboard. Number two, turtles can breathe through their butts. Number three, Jonas Salk was an avid nudist and loved the TV show Star Trek. Or number four, only one NFL player has ever recorded a perfect Wonderlick score And did so in a year in which he suffered three concussions. So again, to recap, famed mystery author Agatha Christie loved surfing and is believed to be the first Western woman to stand up on a surfboard. Number two, turtles can breathe through their butts. Number three, Jonas Salk was an avid nudist and uh, loved the TV show Star Trek. Or number four... Number, only one NFL player has ever recorded a perfect Wonderlick score and did so in a year where he suffered three concussions.
7: Are we sure one of these are true? Yes. Wow. Um, give me Agatha Christie being the first woman to stand up on a surfboard.
1: Believed to be. Locked yes, in?
7: Supposedly, yes.
1: Supposedly, yes. Lock that one in. We don't have any video cameras That is absolutely correct. Nice job, Joe Leo. Yeah, she was an avid surfer, loved surfing, and is believed to be the uh, first Western woman to stand up on a surfboard. Good job out of you. I would have figured for sure that Jonas Salk was going to get you. I had... Darn it.
7: That one, seriously, I thought all four were false.
1: All right, well, it's a good job by me making up three false ones. Uh, Unfortunately, the true one blended in too well. All right, uh, let's move on. This last one, we uh, shake it up. We give you three true facts, one lie. And now you have to try to spot the lie just to make it a little bit more difficult. For Joe, that's good. For Harvey, he doesn't need it to be any more difficult than it already is. But here they are. Number one, Matthew Perry, rip, once beat up Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau when they were in school. Number two, Nightmare on Elm Street is based on a true story. Number three, priests in France will now be required to carry a QR code to make sure that they're not a sex offender. Or number four, 12 U.S. presidents did not graduate college. All 12 served two full terms. Hello?
8: I like that you just said Matthew Perry, rip. Rip. Not like an RIP, just rip.
1: RIP, yep, rip. that's what RIP spells. Rip.
8: I'm going to go with that one. I'm going to go with Matthew Perry. Beat up uh, the man, Justin Trudeau.
1: Okay. All right. Joe, what you got? Obviously not going to stick with Harvey. That would be moronic. I'm going to go
7: with the french qr code because just a little inside radio here you said one of them was a little bit risque yeah, I, I, yeah. I think every that week one's... i
1: have ones that i don't know whether or not i should use or not that one was definitely uh on the brink.
7: i'm gonna go with that one then Give me the right. french qr code
1: Yep. no both of those are true matthew perry uh, has uh, gone on record again uh that he beat up Justin Trudeau Trudeau, when they were in school together. They went to the same school. And no, priests in France are now required to carry a QR code to make sure Old stupid done man. On level, so to speak. Alright, so now you're down to two. Uh, One of them's true, one of them's a lie. Nightmare on Elm Street based on a true story or 12 U.S. presidents did not graduate college and all 12 served two full terms.
7: I'll go with the uh, the 12 presidents because I think that just gives a prime state of our uh, education system. Right. Okay,
1: that's possible. Or it could be something I made up. Harvey, are you going to stick with Joe or are you, you going to ruin his chances or are you going to go somewhere else?
8: I'm trying to think of, of presidents back, but it's only 1046 in the morning, so I'd rather right. not. Uh, so, yeah, I will ruin Jolio's chances. I'm going with the presidents, too.
1: Really? Uh-oh. That's, that's not good for anybody. No, that is absolutely correct. Yeah, 12 U.S. presidents did not graduate college, but not all 12 did serve a full two terms. Abraham Lincoln didn't uh, graduate college. So it's been kind of tough to do two full terms there. All right, a dark turn at the end there, but that is what I learned this week on TikTok, and now because of the segment, you have learned it, too. Yeah, the more you know.
0: Now back to The Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: I do not very often find an athlete who is speaking my language. It's very rare. They're coming from a very different point of view. Most of them are, are rich and successful, and, and they've, they've been successful their entire lives. They're like superheroes here on Earth. But this week, there was an athlete, who perfectly summed up exactly how I, how he feels on a topic is how I feel, and that athlete, and it, it will be a very long time before anybody can put it into words better than Bones Highland, who was asked about the NBA's in season tournament.
6: I'm not
4: even gonna lie. I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on. I, I don't even know how it works. I don't know anything, honestly. I'm just looking at the schedule. I see it on the schedule, say like a trophy next to one of the games. I'm like, I feel like the trophy is supposed to be in you know July.
1: Bones, you and I are simpatico, my friend. Never before has an athlete summed it up so perfectly about the NBA's end season. I, I don't know what's going on. I know that the Knicks played a game last night against the Bucs. Uh, I know they play four games. I, I'm not trying to hate on it. But I, I just I think mostly I just don't care. And I really do think that the at least for the first couple of years, the in season tournament winner has a better chance of being mocked for winning it than be praised for winning it. Like if the team I don't know what team will end up winning it clearly, but if it's a team that loses in the first round of the playoffs or a perennially bad team, like if the Knicks win the in-season tournament, which has not gotten off to a great start, and certainly they need uh, Julius Randle play a whole lot better than he is. But if they were to win, you know the joke, oh, the Knicks can't win a champ, but they got their, their banner for the in-season, trophy, the in-season tournament. So if you're a team like the Clippers who's never won a, a title, I, I, get, I just get the feeling that it's going to be my. Now, I will say this. As sports fans, we're all frauds, myself included. At least I'm a consistent fraud. I'm not into it, and I'll probably never be into it. But a lot of you out there, you're not into it now, but you will be into it over time. Like the World Baseball Classic, when that first popped up, not many people were into it. And it took, I don't know, what, like 20 years? But that's because they, they space it out so far. This in-season tournament thing is now going to be a thing year in and year out. So uh, there will be people who say now, ah, I don't really, but they, they'll find themselves getting sucked into it. And, and to me, the worst case scenario for the in-season tournament, and, and see if you guys agree with me. Whoever wins it, it'll fade quickly. Like, there's not going to be a lot of carry. Like, when we get around to the playoffs, nobody's going to be, oh, they did win the in-season tournament. No, that's not going to happen. But I will say this. If LeBron, if the Lakers win and LeBron wins the in-season tournament, LeBron sycophants, they will never shut up about it. They'll oh, they, he won the fir- he won the first one. It was le- his legacy, his legacy, his. Le- they'll go LeBron to LeBron James. Oh, they'll never shut up about it, and they they already never shut up about things. But this that this will absolutely be. They'll use this as justification for his legacy. His legacy. Uh, I've heard so much talk about his legacy. What uh, I, we, we got it. I got it.
7: What about the James Harden legacy? If the, if the Clippers win the in-season tournament, do we get Perf- to
1: That's the perfect example put of this on it, his mantle? being mocked. If if the Lake if the uh, if the Clippers win and if James Harden wins that, it just shows you how ridiculous that thing is. Now, I don't think that that will happen because there will be some team like JJ Redick was saying, like it's going to show you what team has the most amount of psychos on the team that actually care about this thing. And I don't think that he's going to care about this thing. But, yeah, if the, if the Clippers were to win this, it will be a, a point of, of, of mockery that here's the Clippers. They can't get out of the first round of the playoffs most times. Uh, they can't keep their players healthy, but they won the in-season tournament. So that's just me. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Richard is in Manhattan. Richard, what's going on, my friend?
3: Gordon, before I get to my point, if you asked half the NFL football players about the overtime rule, Half of them will not know. Maybe if you were 95% of the college football players about overtime, they wouldn't know. That's how complicated things are. I never watch a college overtime game. I, yeah, that's ta- and I don't even like the NFL overtime because I don't understand it either. It's too complicated for me. I don't want to know it. I just remember the old days, sudden death. Flip the and that was that was exciting and simple. So from my standpoint, personally, subjectively, I can't stand any of these overtime rules. And I'm sure the college football players don't know theirs. Half of them wouldn't, more than half wouldn't know. And the NFL half wouldn't know the rules of the uh, overtime. So that's my point on that. Let's all thank the Jets, what they've given us. Four and three. I've watched every game. They're trying. They're winning some. And they didn't sell their ship. They didn't get out. Every game is pertinent. It's been relevant, and uh, let's give credit to Solid, a whole s- coaching to everybody. And we're four and three. Even if we lose Monday night, which I hope and I don't think they will, but we'll be four and four, with still a shot. So they're keeping us interested From my point of view, as a fan. I only want to be interested in the games and have something to watch. Not like what the Mets did, or now what the Giants did sell off that guy on the line, uh, Lenny Williams, who was a decent player. Right. I don't care what they get for him. I'm interested only in the present. You know, what's going on uh, now? I'm not you, worried well, about, next year. I I about the Well, that's a perfect example I was talking
1: about. You are a short-term Correct. view. I don't you really care, care about the present. You don't care about the game. future. I'm only concerned
3: about right. watching this week's game. Okay. I'm not worried about next year's game. That Next year will bring
1: other problems, all right, well, says If Bible. you only worry about this year, this year has a chance to repeat. i this week, Gordon. Right, I, I, I hear I, I, you. I want to watch right. the you're game the this week when I know team. that right. my team is trying. Right. When you're the
3: Mets and you give up all your players, how can you watch that team? And if they're giving oh, up, no, why you you would I more, they're going to be anymore, good but You're hoping that that's going to spur the
1: turnaround for next year. That's what the point is. You have nothing to be gained from this year. And Richard, thanks for the phone call. But I, the the beating the Raiders, what does that do for you? Just so you can sit down on the couch and say, "Well, I was entertained for the." I don't know. I have I have more invested in this emotionally. Now I'm not a Giant fan, but I'm just putting myself in in, in Giant fans' position. I have more invested in in, in a season and a, and a franchise that I watch and I pay money about and uh, jerseys and tickets and all these different things than just say, "Well, they played well. They tried hard." They're trying hard week in and week out. I'd like a little bit more than that. And especially if I were a Giant fan where I have experienced real success. I want to get back to that level. So I'm not short-term thinking. And I think short-term thinking, that has allowed you to kind of remain in the rut that you are. I think you have to have a... When things are as bad as they are with the Giants, I think you have to take a longer-term view. And what is to be salvaged from this season? Is, Is beating the Raiders salvaging something to you? And again... Richard's perfect example, if I gave him two options, you can either squeak into the playoffs this year as the the seven seed or have the third pick or the second pick in the draft in April, he would much rather squeak in as the to me there's no real value in that if I don't belong with those teams, and the only reason I got in is because there's seven of them and there was the, the, there weren't there weren't seven good teams. I'd much rather have something that I think that down the road is going to pay actual dividends with actual success.